Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2019 film Tall Girl. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello there. Hello, how are you doing? I am well, thank you. I appreciate your background. It's the laughing dogs meme. I'm sure everyone's <laughs> seen that meme, but it's a it's a good one. And I've I've positioned it so that they're laughing at me. I I do I do enjoy that. They're they're laughing at the various humorous things you are about to say, I think. Oh, laughing laughing with me. That's that's very kind of you. I just assumed that they were laughing at me. <laughs> Look at that disgusting human. Walking on two legs, wearing clothes. Do <laughs> <laughs> you ever get the feeling that dogs are laughing at you? No, dogs are the cucks of the animal kingdom. <laughs> cats, on the other hand, cats are laughing at you all the time. Cats are cats are laughing or rolling their eyes of disdain. Dogs, dogs, they require human approval so desperately that they could never, they could never laugh at a human being. That's true. No matter how ridiculous. A lovely dog bounded up to me today. It was very nice. Oh, really? What kind of dog? It was like a golden retriever spaniel cross. You know, so it had a nice, really nice face and a really nice coat. It had like it had the best qualities of all of it. So somewhere out there, we know that there's a dog that has the worst qualities of spaniels and golden retrievers, as is the rule <laughs> in the movie Twins, which is not this, like, week, this week's film. But no, like how cat dog. Um cat dog and you know you have the the main cat dog which is the the two-headed animal (laughs) and then there's inevitably one which is just two butts yeah (laughs) someone must have made a cartoon of that and put it on the internet somewhere i'm sure i'm sure they must have done i'm sure they must have done yep so yeah no there's no dialogue or anything it's just the two butts walking around speaking of speaking of cute dogs not butts (laughs) is they speaking Um, of two butts here we are you and me have you seen that there is a there's been a viral story going around today about a dog called Epiphany? No, which is it is a it's in need of rescue in Hull because it's been uh, in a in a rescue centre for 142 days but without any interest. Oh, and it's a cute little crossbreed dog. Poor doggy. Um, so if anyone is up in 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 Hull, You're in Hull, get down there. Who wants to adopt a dog? Then go and adopt a very cute little crossbreed dog. It's there. It's probably and it's probably not going to be as difficult as Kale Chips the Beagle, which was one of those other viral dogs in a rescue place. You remember Kale Chips? Kale Chips the Beagle. I do not know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link. This is this ex- incredibly fat beagle. I think it was oh, the no. fattest. <laughs> it was like the fattest beagle of all time or something, but finally managed to reach his goal weight. And he did very well. Oh, well done, Kale Chips. Because he's a good boy. Did he Did he put on the way because he'd been named such a terrible name? Probably, yeah. Kale Chips the Beagle has finally reached Oh, his no. Goal. It's like a cartoon of a fat dog yeah. brought to life. <laughs> it actually is. Dear God, that poor dog. Oh, that poor thing. Oh, yes, now he's all slim. 
What diet was he on? I want to go on the kale yeah. chips diet. Because <laughs> say, yeah, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, so th- this week's movie did not include dogs. There was really. there were no dogs in this week's no, film. None at all. Just disappointing. Immediately zero points. Zero dog points. Yeah, actually, yeah. Why, that's that's a film that I want to make. Actually, is the um the like inspirational dog film about kale chips and his weight loss. You could do that. Yeah, hundred percent. This would be what a big boy's production, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you call it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe just kale. Oh, that's good. Like the inevitable Elon Musk biopic called Musk, <laughs> starring our main man, Hero Finds Tiffin. <laughs> starring <laughs> Hero Finds Tiffin. <laughs> You know, make it's it happen, happen, Hollywood. Make it happen. Fifteen years' time, I reckon. Unless Elon yeah. Musk does something so stupid in that time that he like yeah, either yeah dies or burns out or is cancelled or whatever. But rich people are never truly cancelled, are they? No, no, they are not. In case you hadn't noticed by the fact that Louis C.K. and Marilyn Manson got oh Grammy God. nominations. Oh, so uh, to, to be fair, Marilyn Manson's one was because he did some guest work on that terrible Kanye West album, yeah, um, which then got nominated. Probably not because of him, but more in spite of him. Um, but it's still a bad album. Sorry, everyone. I've it's not bloody awful. It. I'm not going to listen to that. He's got like three or four songs that are good in isolation but most of his albums are rambling nonsense <laughs> they really are not very good at all um so yeah cancel culture is definitely a thing based on who got grammy noms this year yep it's real <laughs> Keep, the grammys are too woke yeah so i don't think elon musk is going to get cancelled anytime soon no no i think what's going to happen to him is he's going to get he's going to build all these tunnels under the earth that he says he's going to build that only people who own teslas can drive in and then he's going to get stuck in some kind of loop driving around in them he's going to become the rat man and live under the surface (laughs) in his tunnels the rat king the rat king yes uh, that's what's going to happen to Elon Musk or he's going to go to Mars and he's going to try and recreate that iconic moment from Watchmen but then just suffocate out on the surface of Mars because he's not wearing a space suit he's just dyed himself blue yeah he's clear. I don't need any of these these space suits <laughs> or he'll have he'll have bought a space suit that's an NFT and he'll get there and it's realize an NFT that he's been space scammed suit, yeah yeah, there'll definitely be some weird like crypto scam involved as part of it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's going to be a huge part of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's no NFTs in this week's movie. Sadly, not because <laughs> even though NFTs are a scam and are a load of nonsense, that still would have made this film more interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you had an NFT-based uh, rom-com, you could do an NFT-based rom-com. I'm sure you could. Yeah, falling in love over the blockchain. How does it work? It doesn't matter because nobody knows how it works because it's a lie. (laughs) They're both trying to buy (laughs) the same disgusting picture of a chimp head. Yeah. And then they get into a abusive war where they're both trying to dox each other and then they realize they live next door to one another and they fall in love. And then, yeah, they, they combine their resources to take down someone who's scamming them. And then they uncover the truth that the whole thing is a scam, but it doesn't matter because they've got love. Exactly, exactly. The stuff um, writes itself, I'm telling you. <laughs> what can we make NFT stand for that's more rom-com based? Oh, that's a, that's a good idea. Nerd falls truly. 
in love. Ah, yes, that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. Because it's always about a nerd, isn't it? As is the case with Tall Girl. It would be called NFT in love, wouldn't it? And then it would be nerds falling truly in love. Yeah, that's good. That, although yeah. that does sound a bit like a sequel to Revenge of the Nerds. Ah, well, no, they don't. They don't own the word nerd. No, that's. True. I own the word nerd. You nerd. Oh, did you? Did you buy it as an NFT? I've bought it as an <laughs> NFT. Someone in Comic Sans font. Someone just wrote the word nerd, and I spent one hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds so on it. If anyone wants to use the word nerd or write it down, if they they're infringing your copyright, if they if you write the word nerd anyway. No, no, it's 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 only if they uh, try to use exactly the same image of nerd written in comic sans font as me oh that one i course, just no i just right clicked and saved as a jpeg yeah and put on my Twitter. yeah and, and unless they literally try and use it in any way shape or form because i have no means of actually following up on it or implementing my ownership of this image at all because nfts are a scam <laughs> i'm really glad we, we got there this early in the show mate if we run out if we ever don't go breakneck speed into talking about nonsense on the internet then i know that something's wrong something's definitely wrong usually that's the case when we've watched a good film which i can't remember either, the, when the last time that was so. either a good film or a very very bad film either yeah or way, something that's, that's so the, awful those are the that only you things wanna, yeah dive those right are in. the only things that stop us from from talking nonsense beforehand but this week this week sorry trying to get us back on topic we we watched a film that was neither it was not interesting so couldn't fall into either category really yeah it wasn't like a yeah a hateful nonsense film that i want to immediately start tearing apart it was just kind of uh, it's yeah it falls into this week's film is tall girl by the way i know we've mentioned it already tall girl 2019 2019 tall girl which is a Netflix rom-com about a tall girl at high school. Um, and basically the plot follows Pretty in Pink, effectively. It really does. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Pretty in Pink, but tall instead of... And that's the reason for being outside of the the, the popularity sphere rather than being an outsider for various different complex strands like in Pretty in Pink. Um, but that's effectively what it is. You've got you've got quirky main character um, who doesn't want the attention of everyone else, who's being mercilessly chased by a creep, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk more about that later. Um, who then gains the interest of a popular kid, and it's all about that dynamic. And it's like, oh, okay. But then here, there's also heightism in included, and. I'm going to say something controversial here. I know that when this movie came out, lots of people were saying, oh, it's not a real thing. But actually, heightism is a thing. It is, yeah. And it goes like, both ways as well. And it and it does go both ways, you know. Um, this movie does make the wrong assumption that being a tall man is always an inherently good thing. And I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slightly above average height man. You are what is known as a tall man. <laughs> I am a tall man, <laughs> yes. Um, and and you know, having had conversations with you, you know, I, I know that there's been some challenges for tall tall people. Yep, tall men. Leg, leg room on planes is always a major issue. Let alone like a bus. Like I, I cannot. Oh god, sit yeah. I mean, I I struggle I struggle with with planes and buses as well. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I'm const- um, constantly at threat of deep vein thrombosis. 
um and and did you did you also hear people saying things like what's the weather like up there yeah i've had that before not loads i'm i'm six foot four which is i think just at the beginning of being noticeably very tall i've had people comment on it <laughs> remember we played a gig with that band skeletons um who were really a bunch of really nice guys but that singer i think he was quite drunk uh, he, he just came up to me and just went you're massive <laughs> i took it as a compliment yeah yeah they're, they're not meaning anything bad by it but i know i know some other tall people for instance who've said like you know people getting drunk men getting address aggressive on a night out because they think ah tall man me prove manliness now by threatening tall man with my drunken punches yeah or or going to see shows and people getting angry around shows i've had it a lot yeah you happen to be tall and wanting to go and see music as if you can help the fact that you're tall yeah and i i usually make an effort to not i've never deliberately stood in anyone's line of sight put it that way no if if i if it's a band i really care about i will get there early enough to be close to the front without having deliberately stood in front of someone you know there's no way you could actually practically ever arrange a show in high order sorry not going to happen so if i'm dedicated i'm going to get there before you so you know if you're if you're short get there early (laughs) yeah uh, maybe don't you actually care maybe don't spend the entirety of the pre-show at the bar exactly maybe go and go and wait before the show starts yeah or try and push in later on you know those people are the worst people in the world or people who are like constantly pushing in or trying to reach their friends or going back and forth to the bar when it's too crowded to actually move no i will i will get there and i will stand there dedicatedly if i really really care and if i don't if if i'm less bothered about the show i will just lurk at the back and that's fine but sometimes if I've, I've really cared, I've sort of been there and you hear people talking behind you only because they think they can't hear you because you're in a loud room. And it's like, you're literally right behind me. I can hear every word you're saying. And sometimes I have had things thrown at me in the past as well. Rarely, very rarely. But yeah, that's a point where it is. It does tend to be a bit of a problem. But being able to see is good. <laughs> Whereas I, when I go to shows, I deliberately antagonize people by putting on a massive hat. <laughs> Like one of those cowboy huge, hats, but that's yeah, like really tall. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I just put on one of them, um, and I wear a really broad-shouldered eighties jacket yeah. just to make as much room as possible. Take up as much room <laughs> as possible. Get out my barbecue kit in the middle of the of the crowd. Just be like, who wants hot dogs, lads? Yep, burgers. Get your burgers right here. Get your burgers right here from Top Hat Rob. Top Hat Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so you know, I think. Uh, this movie d- makes a statement that being tall for a guy is great and in fact you know there are challenges faced by being tall for a guy as yeah, well and, and it's not uh, and black heightism, and white is the point no and and heightism is a real thing and i i remember when this came out there was lots of people saying oh they're making a big deal out of being tall but actually you know it can be challenging and it can be challenging for women mm. um more so than men i would agree with that yeah yeah and i and i think i th- i think that one of the key problems with this movie is that it doesn't and i i don't like things being just about men but i think a lot of the issues that 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 women have with being tall do relate back to the way that short men talk to tall women yeah of course because like and and the first scene of this it relates back to patriarchal stuff exactly it It relates back to all of these patriarchal norms of men having to be big and tall and strong and and women being diminutive and weak and having to be protected by the big men's yeah um and and so i thought the first scene of this movie where she's having this really interesting conversation with someone in her class 
Um, and then she stands up to go, and then he immediately doesn't want to ask her out anymore. Actually, I thought that was a very... That was a good opening. That was a good opening, and I thought that worked really well because it did show that actually it's an issue that a lot of men have. But yeah. then a lot of this movie then took this generic step into just outsider territory instead, whereas I feel like, you know, if you're going to name your movie Tall Girl, you could really talk about heightism in a much more interesting way, but it just it never really broaches that subject again and instead it just falls down into various other rom-com cliches doesn't it It uses it for the setup of the film in the first 10 to 15 minutes and then it's not mentioned at all again until she gives her big emotional prom speech at the end yeah yeah um yeah the the only other time that it really comes up is when she's trying to get legroom on the bus <laughs> for, in that scene that lasts about five seconds that's that's the only other that's the only other time that it comes up and i feel like that's a bit of a missed opportunity yeah absolutely but did you notice at the, the beginning they're both reading a confederacy of dancers that that's the book about you isn't it <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's my autobiography i hope you've read it <laughs> <laughs> i've never read a confederacy have of you dancers, not actually. it's no, one of my all-time no. favorite books it is fantastic and so interesting on so many different levels. But yeah, it, the main thing about it, yes, it's intriguing. The story behind it is interesting. It's a very, very important work of literature. But the main thing is it's hilarious. It's laugh out loud funny. So uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Oh, Obviously, books good. are for nerds. But <laughs> books, are, books are for nerds. Um, I have been reading the nerdiest kind of books, I might add. Um, I've been I've been going down the rabbit hole of Warhammer lore oh, because grief. because Warhammer is the most ridiculous, stupid thing in the world. It's, See it's, now that um, now that the Wheel of Time is a TV show that's out, I can openly read those books in public without looking like a nerd. <laughs> there we go. So now I'm, so I'm well, mainstream now. See, see, Netflix is working on a Warhammer TV series, apparently. Oh, really? So at some point, it's going to be acceptable for me to read Warhammer books out in public as well. Yeah, Netflix um, is also working on Tall Girl too. So, mm. <laughs> which is going to come out first, Warhammer or Tall Girl or Warhammer Girl? We War- we we War one Girl. of our suggested movies was Warhammer Hearts, wasn't it? About two two oh, people God, at high school yeah. uh, falling in love over their Warhammer club. That's not endorsed um, by Warhammer, unfortunately. <laughs> no, we're, we're did, working on it. <laughs> did Did you see though that 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 um, uh, Games Workshop put out a statement recently? Um, that was quite interesting because there's a few fascists who like Warhammer um, who don't realise that everybody's meant to be a bad guy and that's the whole point of Warhammer the game is... They always choose the lizard men, don't they? The fascists. <laughs> no, the fascists choose the obvious fascist stand-ins like there's... What are they called? They're called like the Black Crusaders or something and it's like, oh yeah, those guys are massive fascists. Um uh, and um and they're meant to be like a satire on fascism and and in fact like if you look back at the history of warhammer um there there's a lot of uh anti-thatcherist um iconography in the very early stages of warhammer and it, and the whole thing is meant to be everyone's a bad guy uh the 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 the, the future of human civilization is this uh this fascist authoritarian state that's folding in on itself constantly um but there's lots of people who pick it up and go oh i like these strong spacemen 
oh yeah stick it to those weird outsider losers yeah the humans are well good yeah um and so they literally they had to put out a statement the other day because someone had turned up to a tournament in spain basically dressed as a nazi uh and going by the name austrian painter i'm not even fucking kidding you that's what he went by um in this tournament um and they had to put out this statement saying we don't want fascists playing our board game (laughs) She's just like, wow, I think if you've reached the stage where you have to say, we, if you're fascist and playing our game, we don't want you, you've probably done something wrong with your marketing if it's attracting yeah. that number of fascists that you need to say that in the first place. Um, but anyway, I've been reading Warhammer books and they're hilarious. They're so much fun because it, it is a genuinely interesting world that's basically a... It, it, it takes what Dune is, takes the intelligence out of it, and just throws in more guns and that's what you've got and it's wonderful i love i love the world of warhammer so much um and i've been reading them recently because i am actually a massive nerd and now i'm a double nerd because i'm reading books Uh, like a freak you absolute nerd so like at least at least she's not playing warhammer well that's true yeah (laughs) that's that's kind of next level nerdery but i bet you that the biggest arsehole in this film plays warhammer the um, her, her long-standing old friend who definitely has a crush on her yeah um can i talk about how much i hate this character yes please do and how it's basically yeah the guy from pretty in pink all over again yeah so it's ducky from pretty in pink again ducky, so he, he wears name. a he wears a long coat he's a quirky short little nerd boy um played by uh griffin gluck which is both a hilarious name but also he was in um american vandal did you ever see american no vandal? i never saw that i heard very good things it is extremely funny and i'd highly recommend you watch it was it's he really good in that and yes he is good he's one of the two main sort of characters in it um and and so he's good and i'm just like my mate your your character in this movie is so awful though so i felt like i'd seen him before but i couldn't remember from where he, he he's had a distinguished career uh for someone of such a young age actually he's been in quite a lot so there may well have been something is he one of those guys who like l- like looks really young but is actually our age like the, <laughs> the kid from love actually who was in game of thrones no he was born in the year 2000 okay yeah so that's, he is that's a, very young so he is he is a young man um yeah he, he's been in all sorts um over the years he's, he's done a lot of acting um but um but yeah his his character is that traditional archetype of the horrible like weird guy weird quirky guy who believes love is found through a war of attrition yeah so so that you're introduced to him by him coming up to this this girl that he apparently loves our main tall girl uh jody and basically says you're not going to do any better than me so you might as well stop trying and that's his message throughout the entire uh film effectively yeah and when it gets down to the big like romantic moment when they finally get together that is exactly how it goes and (laughs) that's exactly exactly what happens it's literally she she she, she says she pretty much says i'm lowering my standards and now i will date yeah she she says i think the line is essentially it's essentially um i've adjusted what the boyfriend checklist i'm looking at which means yeah which is bullshit in the first place by the way lowered your standards um and and this isn't how love works and and he does all sorts of horrible controlling things throughout the 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 movie so deliberately sending the other love interest off to not be with jody for instance um being really controlling being really manipulative 
Um, he's just a horrible bastard. Yeah, um, and, and he's I'm very dis- annoying and creepy. I, I'm disappointed to see that in the the sequel that's being made, he's going to continue being in it, and they're, they're still going to be um, in a relationship in it. Oh no! Um, is it is it going to be? Oh my god! They've gone off to different colleges. How will their relationship cope? Is that all it's going to be? No, apparently. Uh, the sequel will supposedly follow Jodie as the popular girl after her rise to power in the first film. I think rise there's been some power. kind of Stalin-esque purges in this <laughs> okay. high school. That sounds a bit fascist. <laughs> this movie is for Warhammer nerds. It's got all the fascism. Yeah. Um, however, she begins to feel the pressure of popularity, which causes problems with her relationship with Dunkelman. So once again, by the way, his name is Dunkelman, listeners, as if you hadn't wanted another reason to hate this this child. Um, but uh, but apparently, um, I mean, I mean that that just screams to me like exactly the same problem that every other Netflix rom com sequel has, which is it's going to completely rehash what came before, but without adding anything of substance whatsoever. So it just toddles along on melodrama and then ends after ninety minutes. Like, yeah, uh, like Kissing Booth Two or um, To All the Boys I Love Before Two, where yeah. it, it can't really do anything because it's already carried out all of the tropes in the first movie and doesn't really know what to do with it, so it just kind of does it again. Yeah, uh, that's that's not going to be good, and we're going to have to talk about it, aren't we? <laughs> well, we haven't done Kissing Booth Three yet. That's true. Maybe we that's can just ign- maybe we can just ignore it. Um, but it, he is a, a truly awful character, and, and and this movie has two awful male love interests, doesn't it? Because you've also got um, Swedish man, not played by a Swedish man, I might add. His name is he's not Luke Eisner. Oh, why couldn't they have just found a Swedish guy? How hard is it? <laughs> There's lots of them in Sweden. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, the, there are a lot of Swedish guys in in Sweden. At least I assume, well, and in America, I, at least uh, I assume he's not Swedish because everything he's been in has been um, American, and his name right. doesn't sound very Swedish. Um, no, it doesn't. So maybe we're wrong. Um, but he yeah, doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so they, I can't. But they affirm that they they simply couldn't find an actual Swede. Clearly. No. Um, Bill Skarsgård wasn't available. <laughs> he was too busy filming Bucko the Clown Part 2. <laughs> they could have got Stellan Skarsgård in. <laughs> hey, there is nothing Stellan Skarsgård can't do. No, he, After having seen him in two Mamma Mia films in June, I'm confident there is nothing he, he can't could, do. He could literally do do every movie ever. Um, but yeah, so, so he starts off as this kind of... Uh, he he he's the Swedish exchange student, and because he's tall, all of the girls immediately fancy him. Um, and then yep. Jody goes. You can see where this is going, right? And, and Jody goes, "Oh, he is a tall man. Ergo, I must fall in love with him, having never spoken to him." Um, and then but it's it, okay because he's. It turns out he's a sensitive guy who likes musicals. He likes musicals. Musical. There's, there's some content from musicals. I'm telling you, Rob, you can't avoid them. Every <laughs> film we watch now, there's going to be something like this. <laughs> I, mean, I really wanted him to sit down at that piano and go, "Guys and dolls, it's we're just, just a, a bunch, bunch of crazy, crazy guys." guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I, I'm sure I know some of. The, I like. I like musicals, but I don't really know Guys and Dolls. I've never seen it. I've never been in it. And because of that Simpsons parody, I will never be able to engage with it properly. No, because that's bad. Better than anything that it could possibly be in real life. Yeah, it's like rewatching Planet of the Apes when the Planet of the Apes musical <laughs> from The Simpsons exists. Yeah, you just can't do it. 
Doctor um, Seuss, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> you finally made a monkey out of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I mean, if that doesn't ring alarm bells already that he really loves Guys and Dolls, um, I don't know what to tell you. Of all Jody. the musicals you could have chosen. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so it turns out that he's like a sensitive, awkward guy, and back in Sweden, he's like the outcast. And you kind of think, okay, well, this can work out quite well. Then it means that eventually the cuck Dunkelman is going to realise actually, if I want what's best for my friend Jody, if I really do care about her, I'm going to stop fucking around with this guy and just say, look, she she likes you, you like her, go and be happy for the extent of your exchange year or however long he's going to be there for yeah. um but instead what happens is he he becomes a self-centered asshole <laughs> he gets corrupted by the american high school as opposed to him finding confidence in himself which i suppose is a is an interesting way of uh, of doing it isn't it yeah it's, it's a, an interesting indictment of the exchange program i guess <laughs> um it's it's really odd because rather than you know, it, it's maybe less conventional the way they did it, but I think it certainly makes the movie worse. Um, it could have been more comforting to have them all growing. Like like in Pretty in Pink, for instance, where Ducky does grow as a human being. Whereas, yeah, because they don't get together. If you remember with, with Pretty in Pink, they actually they shot the ending where they did get together, showed it to test audiences, and they hated it so much that they changed the film. <laughs> exactly. Whereas here... This Which is... would never happen in the Netflix generation, would it? Oh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't they just with this kind of content churn machine that we have now, they'd just put it out there, wouldn't they? I don't know. A lot is made of uh test audiences. It's part of the reason behind Warner Brothers DC movies being such a clusterfuck. Um, it's been suggested that they, they care so much about what test audiences think based on surveys and initial feedback that it makes them re-edit and reshoot everything constantly. Yeah, um, I think if it's a part of a, a massive intellectual property like that, then it's a big deal because you have fans. You have the fans. But a film like this, where you know no one really knows anything about it and they're just kind of putting it out there, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we're reaching a stage where they'll patch things like they do with video games if it's broken. Well, they did that with Dear Evan Hansen, didn't they? They, they <laughs> yeah. replaced and, with, um, and slightly cats. less bad <laughs> de-aging. And cats as well. So yeah, maybe that's what Netflix is going to do going forwards, is if they release something that everyone really hates, they'll just reshoot. And... Oh, they got rid of all the buttholes. Yeah. No, no. Uh, that Well, that was before release, but they, they did go back and change some of the CGI to be a bit better, didn't they? well that that's a bone of contention (laughs) (laughs) um but but yeah so so this movie is what would have happened if pretty and pink hadn't changed its ending after audiences told them rightly that the ending they'd chosen was awful um so so yeah so she gets together with dunkelman at the end stig stieg rather sorry the um stieg larson stieg larson the um the 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 um the exchange student continues to be an asshole um dunkelman learns nothing jody doesn't really learn anything either she learns dunkelman to... starts dating another girl who like randomly starts flirting with him in art class for no reason and you're like why you, you could do better than this guy <laughs> everyone could do better than dunkelman that's the message we should take out of this movie is dunkelman is the worst person on earth dunkelman and what was the movie where she catfished the guy 
that was oh some... sierra burgess is a loser yeah right see i think that was better than this film oh yeah definitely better than this but i'm i think dunkelman and sierra burgess should get together as they'd be a truly abhorrent couple. characters from netflix rom-coms they could get together and write songs about being a sunflower yeah uh dunkelman can go hey i hear you catfished your last boy that you liked well how about going out with me because you're not going to do any better than me love <laughs> And that, that that's the start of a beautiful romance. Um, yeah, Netflix. We all know that that's never how it goes. Netflix. She got hires. the guy. Did she get the guy at the end of the movie? She did. Yeah. I don't remember. I've I've bleached that movie from my memory. It was the handsome man from To All the Boys. Yes, the same it guy. Was. It was... And he, at the end of the movie, he was standing by the car saying, "You are my type. You are my rose." <laughs> 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 yeah, he said it about 20 times. And yeah. She was like, "Okay, I get it now." Um <laughs> so um so so yeah, so it it does leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth, doesn't it, at the end of this movie. It's something that feels very very like it's sending the wrong message to ostracized kids. Yeah. It starts well and it's a good concept. It had a lot of promise, but it just becomes completely generic and predictable and then yeah, it doesn't really do anything with it. Aside from, yeah, having the messages that being a creepy weirdo in high school is okay and will is as a path to happiness. Yeah, yeah. Be be a weirdo. Carry around your books in a box. Um and and again, that's kind of meant to be this romantic moment is that he carries around all of these all of his books in a oh, box. Oh, I hated that moment so much where it was like, Yeah, why do you do that? Because he and then he's all like, Yeah, because one day I knew I was going to need it to stand on to kiss you, which is creepy. And then I was like, but I saw it coming and I was like, oh, no, really? Yeah. And and it's like, okay. Is he that so, much shorter than her? So you've been creeping on this girl for so long that you made it like a gimmick of your personality for years. Like that, yeah. is, that is just creepy behavior. That's a problem. Yeah. This guy probably should be on some kind of list somewhere i'm just gonna say it i'm sorry but it's fine because he does a really good impression of gordon ramsay oh yeah idiot sandwich yeah he Do you does think gordon ramsay has seen this and is angry about it I'm... i hope gordon ramsay has like <laughs> rung him up and been like shit impression mate shit try impression. harder next time what are you a shit impersonator <laughs> if gordon ramsay i know gordon ramsay listens to this show every week so gordon you know if you're listening please ring that guy up and tell him off for doing a bad impression of you yeah i feel like on, he was lad. very disrespectful go on lad um he sounded like hero finds tiffin doing a impression of gordon ramsay didn't he <laughs> he did now that's a biopic i would not watch ramsay, <laughs> ramsay. starring hero finds tiffin <laughs> come on netflix get it done or amazon What's that Amazon Prime romance film, Love's Kitchen, that our friends really recommended to us ages ago. Love's Kitchen. Oh God, I remember this. Yeah, you're right. He texted it to us about two years ago. Yeah, (laughs) Love's Kitchen, and Gordon Ramsay's in it. I think he's not the um, not the main guy, but he's in it. But yes, yeah, you're right. He's in it. It's got um, starring Doug Ray Scott. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's one word. Doug Ray. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know him. He's in things. <laughs> That's what we say on the show every week. I know him. He's in things. No, I, I recognise him. He's he's been in stuff that I've seen, um, and also stars Michelle Ryan from Soaps. Yeah, I know her. She's been in things. Yeah. So yeah, at some point we should probably we should probably watch that. Um, yeah, definitely. 
Can I point out, by the way, that this movie is not particularly well liked? It, it came at the time when Netflix was pushing towards that kind of because it's done some good rom com. You're talking about Tall Girl. It's Tall not Girl. Love's it's Kitchen. not Love's Kitchen. Um, because Netflix has Netflix has done some good rom coms. Um, you know, to all the boys being a, a standout of, of recent yeah. years. Um, some of, there's a lot of junk, and there's a lot that's kind of middling, and that but there is. A, a sort of small level of stuff that is actually good. Yeah, you've got um, like Holidate was a was a competent little. Um, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't. Com, like, if you remember from last year, groundbreaking, but it had some quite funny moments. Yeah, or um, <laughs> falling in love. <laughs> falling in love. That was um, a Hallmark Channel one. Yeah, surely. Uh, set it up. If you remember, that was good. That was that was all right. Yeah, yeah, that was a good concept and a good exploration of the kind of millennial work woes. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah, to all the boys, um, and there's some other good ones as well. Always be my maybe was fun. That was great. That that Keanu Reeves and that was sick. I loved that so <laughs> exactly. much when he walked into the room. Like, exactly. Yeah, with his arms up. So, so they've yeah. they they've done some they've done some good movies, and over the last few years, they've been pushing out some good stuff. And this kind of it came during that era where they were really starting to get into their groove. But this one was a bit of a misfire. And and people didn't gel with it particularly well, and it did get derided online quite a lot. You had a lot of like YouTube commentators um, jumping on it. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's a bit. I don't know. It's a bit. So I think some of it's a bit overblown. That's exactly it. Some of it's overdone and some of it's underdone. Yeah. And it doesn't quite make it into the middle, does it? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, th- it didn't really... This movie didn't, didn't... It's like earlier this week, my wife put one of those... You know when you get those bake-at-home baguettes? Yes. Where they're like part-baked already. She put one of those in the oven and she put the temperature up too high. So it, so was, it was like all crispy. Burnt on the, it was burnt on the top and then like soft and uncooked on the bottom. This film is like that. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what this is. It, it, it has potential. I think is the main thing, and I think it's a shame that it couldn't really grab onto its core premise and run with it. And I think yeah. that's part of the reason why it had this largely negative reaction is it promised something that it couldn't deliver, and so people were maybe expecting something a little bit different from it, um, and just kind of dropped it entirely when they realized it wasn't that um yeah so th- because this... the clue is in the name tall girl and it ends up not being about that at all yeah yeah um and so this this movie for instance if you go on letterboxd the definitive place for <laughs> getting the opinions of assholes lots of very, very normal people on that website um it, it has a score of 1.4 out of 5 for instance which is pretty low and you see like the the highest thirty two percent of the ratings are half a star, um. So that's yeah, a one out of ten, a two out of twenty on the big boy scale, um. <laughs> and so you can see that it only really... hero finds Tiffin has ever plumbed those depths <laughs> on this show. <laughs> exactly, exactly, um. And so yeah, it's and i don't think it necessarily deserves something that low but it is just a bit disappointing isn't it yeah it's wet isn't it it's a wet fish mm. Mm. um because yeah uh, there's there's and and it is that kind of it's the 
it's the script it's the story structure is where it really falls apart i don't want to fault any of the performances no Um, i think they all do a a perfectly fine job especially Um, as they are all actual teenagers and actual high school age kids which is good unlike ben platt (laughs) (laughs) yeah griffin gluck is clearly a talented little little guy um, yeah, all a, of them. You're like, I know that these people are going to go on to better things in their careers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, th- I think Ava Michelle Apart from Steve is, Zahn. <laughs> you think this is going to be the highlight of his career? <laughs> yeah, this is it. He's peaked. I love, I love Steve Zahn. He's. I in, know you do. Um, I couldn't even remember his name. I was like, it's that guy. <laughs> it's that guy who's always a dad. <laughs> He's in one of my favorite movies ever, actually, um, which is Joyride slash Roadkill, depending on where you are in the world. Oh, I hate when they do that so much. And it's him and Paul Walker are brothers, and they go on a road trip to go and, um, like, meet Paul Walker's girlfriend. But along the way, Steve Zahn picks up a trucker's CB radio and just starts trolling the truckers on the road. (laughs) And it turns out one of them's a serial killer. (laughs) And it's it's just a really ridiculous, silly sort of action horror movie that's basically like a jewel for the idiot generation um and it's, it's a wonderful, great. it's a wonderful film i ho- i fully recommend everyone to go and watch joyride slash roadkill one or the other depending on where you are in the world i think it's roadkill over here in the uk and then joyride in the states or it might be the other way around i'm not sure um but yeah i i love steve zahn and it's nice to see him in this um angela kinsey as well yeah is in it angela from the office have you, you've you've watched the office i have right? yes yeah i've never made it all the way to the end of the office all oh, right it is um, actually worth doing because the latest seasons aren't too bad they don't have the magic i think of the sort of three to six i think it was kind of at its peak and then it started to tail off but it, it they are still very much worth watching as james spader comes in as a man called robert california which is very <laughs> funny and yeah, I'm there for that. Um, yeah, I, I I feel as though because I think I made it onto series six or seven, and I think uh, personally speaking, I think the American Office is superior to the British one in pretty much every way. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but it's not really a fair comparison because there are what ten, twelve episodes of the UK one, yeah. whereas the US one became something else entirely. Exactly, and I think that thing it became was a much more well-rounded show um the the first couple of series of the american office really stick to the formula quite a lot yeah like the first series isn't really worth watching you can jump in at season two yeah if you've never seen it yeah um and then it kind of morphs into this thing that's a lot more interesting i think um yeah but yeah it's it's very good and yeah angela's a a great character in it yeah Um, and her character arc throughout all the seasons is fantastic as well um but yes, but yeah, I think I think you know Ava Michelle does a, a a good job as Jodie in this movie and is a is a compelling lead. Um, the one character yeah, I did like was the um, the sister who's into beauty pageants, who I think yeah. is probably the most sympathetic character in the movie. Um, and they had an emotional sister chat. And they had which an was actually a nice moment. Chat. Yeah, which was a which was a nice moment. Um, so so yeah, you know, you've got a lot of talented people in this movie, but they're let down by the structural failings of the film around them they're let down by you know one of the kind of crucial pivotal moments being them go to an escape room that of course because it's set in new orleans for no reason they're gonna mention voodoo aren't they (laughs) yeah and it was weird that it's set in new orleans but that has literally nothing to do with it at all 
Yeah. Um, it, it just gave them an excuse to do like use like big band stock music over all the scene transitions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's and it's, have her have no legroom on a tram when it would have been the same problem anywhere as I've found. <laughs> Could have been in Manchester. Trams in Manchester. Yeah, and those trams are new as well. To be fair, I've not been on them. Maybe they do have enough legroom. What, in Manchester? Yeah. I'll ask my dad to go and get a tape measure out. I'm I'm trying to think, because I've been on the trams in Manchester. I can't remember how spacious they were. I like a tram. I'm a fan of a tram. Yeah. Generally, I enjoy trams. Edinburgh. Edinburgh has a good tram from the airport into the city. Toronto has lots of old rickety trams rolling around, interestingly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah, trams. I'm here for trams. I'm not here for Tall Girl. No, unfortunately not. And it should be a movie that we love as the big boys. Yeah, definitely. Tall Girls Don't Cry. <laughs> Tall Girls Does Don't Cry. Does she cry in this film? I, she looks bummed out. I don't know if she cries. I don't think she cries at no. any point. Um, and also, there's like a drama with her best friend over the guy and not wanting to like go to a party or something that is so fake and so manufactured i think the problem is that all of the sort of dramatic points where you're supposed to care about stuff just felt really manufactured and fake didn't they yeah that that point is when she's going to go to the escape room because schnipper (laughs) awful character name where they get these suddenly decides that she he fancies her after bullying her for for years um, you no, know, that's how it works. If a guy if a guy bullies you, it means he likes you. Yeah, that that's exactly how it works. And rather than then going, well, fuck him, she goes, ah, if I go out and snog him at an escape room, it will make the Swede get jealous and want to go out with me. Um, because yeah. that's how it works. Um, that's very mature. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just feels completely manufactured. And then you, it gets a nod in the emotional speech at the end being, I'm a friend. At least I try to be a good friend. So, yeah. I'm vulnerable and stuff. Fucking get over it, you cucks. Yeah, it's all... <laughs> and then that's the thing with all that speech and all that stuff. It's all kind of faux inspirational bullshit about standing tall. It's kind of tacked onto this film. And it doesn't work because it hasn't actually spent any time on the kind of the thing of her being tall apart from as using it as setup for a very very cheap romance about a weird little guy who watches her while she sleeps yeah it's it's extremely creepy um and did you also notice that all of the music had lyrics about being tall or standing yeah, yeah. tall or I, I did notice that being too tall to go on the ride or whatever yeah um, I'm too tall to go on this ride, but it doesn't matter because one day I'll be a hashtag girl boss. That's what all of those songs were. <laughs> they were all girl boss. Girl boss anthems. Girl That's boss what anthems. they were. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I, it's just a bit of a waste of time, isn't it? And she realizes that she loves him because she sees a video of him fighting like a dick at a party. Yeah, Stieg was mean about her, so fair enough, he deserved a slap. But he goes on this weird spiel beforehand about, you've never noticed the smell of her hair, or watched her from her window as she's waking up, or written her love letters in blood from an anonymous source. <laughs> Fucking jerk. I hate you, Dunkleman. Yeah, and then suddenly that's that's like what makes her realise that she loves him? Yeah. Or it's... lower her standards enough to go out with him? It's Please. it's it's really it's really weird. Um 
it's it's very bad. Dunkelman is the kind of character who deserved to be bullied at school. <laughs> they don't bully Get him enough flushed. in this in, <laughs> in this movie. If he there be- aren't really any bullies in this film, are there? No. Um, well, despite it being yeah. like, oh, she's got all these tall tall person problems. There aren't any proper jocks in this film, are there? No, and and it, because it's female centric, you expect the sort of bullying to come from the other characters. And yeah, you do have that very evil. What's her name? Kimmy. Kimmy. Yeah. Um, who's very who speaks every language. Who's who's very nasty to to her, but um, it's it's not as malicious as female bullying can be either. You know, it, it's it's a sanitized version of what kind of bullying she could go through as a tall girl. Yeah, and it's just like you could have you could have made this this film that could actually be very um, could in, actually really influential and 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 really help you know tall tall women tall girls find something that reflects what they go through. But it's just so insipid that it never it never actually delves into what that could be like. I was thinking more about Dunkelman, just about how, like, you know, if you want to make him sympathetic as well, you could have explored his relationship with the high school as a thing and the jocks who beat him up and stuff. But there was none of that. You know, we're supposed to believe he's he's a nerd, but we never actually see him getting like getting any shit for being a nerd. No, because you only relate to him as him being a, a creepy person doing chat lines, his best friend. Yeah, um, it's it's very. It's very weird. Um, when he does his kind of 10 things I hate about you speech um, to her, um, he says that she sits up front with the Uber drivers because he doesn't want them to be lonely. No one does that. That's not a thing. That is creepy. That would, Don't do that. That would weird out the Uber driver. Yeah. You'd be like, what are you doing? They'd go, please I'm give, me give you one space. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 oh, he's just a dick. He really is a dick. <laughs> Um, and we don't. Uh, and the fundamental problem: we don't believe their love. Do we? No, that's no, the not thing. At all. Not at Even all. like their friendship is feels very forced and tacked on, and isn't explored or built up enough for it to make sense. No, you don't. You don't see that friendship at all, do you? And you don't see any chemistry or anything like that. Not even as a platonic chemistry. There's nothing um, from her, really, is that? It's no. just him being an annoying douchebag all no, the time. And you're supposed to believe that that's like a friendship that is love. He's slowly whittling her down, whittling down her self-esteem. That's all he's doing in this movie in every scene. He he never does anything supportive to her um, or supportive for her at all in the entirety of the movie. And it's like there's, there's no actual friendship. Even her other friend, um, I've forgotten the name of her other friend, her other friend, the other friend. The other friend. Um doesn't really Sorry, do, she's only in like three scenes. Yeah, doesn't really do anything friendly apart from telling off someone who who says what's the weather like up there? Get yeah, because you're tall. Um it's just yeah, it's it's so unnecessarily bland and poorly thought out. A lot of misfires. Yeah. Um it's I, I do not recommend this. <laughs> movie to anyone no i I do not unfortunately there's better stuff on netflix yeah yeah 100 percent um so you mentioned wheel of time have you watched any of the wheel of time yes i watched it all or or should i say the first three because they've released the first three and now it's a new episode every week as if it's television in the 90s (laughs) so fuck you amazon prime for making me wait (laughs) i've only waited for this for 20 years 
what do you think of it so far i really enjoyed it yeah i thought oh, it was cool. really good have you watched it i've watched the first episode which i thought was okay um i'm not in love with it but i'm gonna continue watching it probably because yeah i'm so starved of fantasy tv series that aren't shit that's something that's okay for me it gets is, is... it gets a bit more bloody in the the next episode next couple of episodes right okay um it's, it's more violent than the books okay okay um but it's it, good i think so I far it's the violence that's what i'm after because i'm a man because i'm a man i want, and I want, I want violence. violence all my, of the men in it at my, all my name's hero so, finds tiffin and I'm, <laughs> i want violence I will slay your monster. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's good. I think it's it's a very very difficult series to adapt. I um I think the there are eight episodes in the first series, and that is like kind of the first book, and there is a lot to pack in. So as someone who knows the source really well, I'm I'm looking at it going. You know, I'm doing the nerd fan thing of going, oh, they didn't include that, but they added that. and uh, But, like, and not in, like, a way that I think any of it's bad. I, I'm like, I can see why they did that, and I hope that it does appeal to people. So, no, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. One, one thing that I noticed that I didn't like and that I thought was a bit of a misstep was um, centering it amount, around Rosamund Pike's character from the off. Because one of yeah. the things I really enjoyed about the first book was the sort of inscrutable nature of what she was there for and how that gets revealed to you yeah yeah you don't really fully understand that until probably at least halfway through the first book exactly if not yeah. later and there it's like literally in the first scene the first like, scene we're she hunting explains, the dragon reborn <laughs> yeah in the first scene they explain what's going on and i suppose for an audience that hasn't read the books that might be useful but i think i think they could have done it in a better way because i think it took some of the mystery out of it but it's I hate to say this, but it's marketing, isn't it? It's a hook. One of the biggest, the one of the main hooks of the show is having her and having her in that role and the whole thing of her character. And that's been, they've really been pushing that in the marketing, I've noticed. So I think yeah. that was conscious from the off thinking about how are we actually going to sell this show to people who have no idea what it is. But it's I like, think oh, it, here, she's this cool magic lady and it's all like, like feminist and stuff. But I think even revealing it not right at the beginning of the first episode would have been fine. Even if they revealed it in the first episode later on, like at the end, she explained it to them like she does here. Um, but leaving the audience guessing when she turns up mysteriously at their pub in the middle of the night looking all serious. And then you yep. could have gone, oh, what's Rosamund Pike doing? Yeah, looking all serious and ready looking for a Looking all serious fight. and ready to get in a punch up. But she's about to slay some monsters. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the I, thing I, is, there's so much intrigue and so much stuff that can be revealed when you're adapting it that it almost doesn't matter because you'll just find that intrigue from something else. That's my opinion of it as a book series that I love. Other people probably will think it's boring, but like I, yeah, I think it doesn't matter because there's so much else to delve into. Mm, I, I just feel like, uh, for me, the the quintessential thing to compare it to, lots of people have been talking about Game of Thrones, but I don't think Game of Thrones is the comparison point here. I think the comparison point is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Tonal, tonally, it's a lot closer to Lord of the Rings than it is to Game of Thrones. I don't think you're going to um, see a boob in the Wheel of Time. There's no boob taking it in the direction. That, <laughs> I, yeah, there should not there's, be there's, any There's more violent boob. than the books, but I don't think there's going to be any boob. Yeah, I, I can't imagine there's going to be any boob. Whereas in, Game of Thrones, time. I've not seen it, but I hear that there's a boob in every scene. Every scene has a boob. <laughs> the boob wheel of It's boobs. not a nice way to talk about Sean Bean, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I feel as though 
the the sort of mystery of lord of the rings where it gives you that i'm talking about the the peter jackson movies here and how they framed it and how they built up the mystery of sauron i think that was a really good way of doing it where yeah you have galadriel doing the the voiceover right at the beginning that gives you some context and then you have the hobbits in their happy little hobbit town and then stuff goes to shit and then they have to run away and then it slowly gets revealed to them i think that worked so well and that's only for like the first hour of the now that you said that i think that's kind of what happens at the beginning of that wheel of time book as well i think they chose not to do that with the wheel of time because it would have looked like they were just copying lord of the rings <sighs> but it which would've... to casual viewers they're gonna think those kind of things more aren't they especially if pe- if you think oh all fantasy is the same uh, but i watched lord of the rings and i thought it was okay but it's all like that it's all the same isn't it and then you watch this and it is the same you're gonna think you're gonna be turned off it would but it works so well and i think it would have worked better to keep that mystery going just for a little bit longer because i think everyone's going to realize who the dragon is instantly yeah from the moment you, you start watching it it's it's not a surprise unless they change it for the for the um for the series which i'd imagine I they won't think, do i don't think <laughs> i don't that. think they're gonna do that. it was a nice move for them to imply that it, it could have been a woman which is not in the books like, yeah it's, it's, one it's of just the bros four, yeah just yeah. the bros in the book yeah but i watched it with my wife who's never read any of the books or anything um and i said that after the first three episodes i said which one do you think is the dragon reborn and she knew obviously she was like obviously it's that guy it's like focusing on him all the time so yeah it's, it's yeah obvious. it's it's obviously <laughs> him from the from the first scene where where he's in it i'm not going to name him in case people haven't worked it out or haven't watched it yet yeah but from the first scene that he's in you're like yep that's him it's bucko and the he, clown and i think even yeah it's 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 Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> you've you've got all of these twenty year olds, and then you've got Stellan Skarsgård taking a bath in balsamic vinegar, and you're like, he's the dragon. Yeah, it's got to be him. Um, but but yeah, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, um, me too. New episode tomorrow. And then we got The Witcher as well. Witcher series two. In Still December, not seen that. Which is fun. I've yes. heard nothing but good things. It's very good. I I enjoy it a lot. Um, and then we've got the Lord of the Rings TV series coming at some point soon as well. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Are they just like straight up remaking Lord of the Rings? No, as a it's, TV show? it's set in the Second Age. Okay. So they're going to be doing stuff entirely new. I don't know whether they're going to be going down random shit from Tolkien's stories. I was say, are they actually or... just doing the Silmarillion, but they can't call it that because people think it's for nerds? <laughs> maybe maybe um i think they're keeping it generally under wraps still but um you know yeah it's not going to relate to i don't think it's really going to relate to sauron either because the second age was the fella before sauron who i've forgotten the name of um (laughs) uh what was his name the the big wrong and before sauron who was basically sauron but before sauron him um i imagine it's going to be to do with him it's been ages Um, since i read any of that danny tolkien it's slipping out of my memory. Nerd nonsense. Any of that nerd bullshit. <laughs> no, I think obviously as I'm rereading the Wheel of Time, I'm on like book four. I think um I think it's pushing Lord of the Rings out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much of it. Yeah. Uh yeah. I need to I need to read it all now. Yeah, um, you do. It'll take you the rest of your life, but yeah. Because there's what, fourteen books? I think so, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I can I can get on it. 
when I'm done reading every Warhammer book ever made. <laughs> Which I imagine there are hundreds. There, there's like 50 just in one series of Warhammer books. There are so many. It's a, it's an industry in its own right. Brilliant. Um, let's. I'm just going to check how many it's up to. There's something called the Horus Heresy, which is like a. It's a big silly. Imagine Paradise Lost, the 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 epic poem, but it's about big spacemen. That's what <laughs> the Horus Heresy is. It's, it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. It is literally Excellent. Paradise Lost, but with big mutant spacemen. It's so good. Um, uh, I'm just going to check how many Horus Heresy books they're up to now. Uh, because there's got to be uh uh we are up to book 55 oh, <laughs> in that series it's going to go up to 60 at least <laughs> so fantastic if, if you want to read some of these bad boys that's going to take you the rest of the rest of your uh the rest of your life um and all of them are at least like 400 pages long as well none of them are short little things of course they're not um, it wouldn't be worth it <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's spectacular um so so yeah I, I i love all of this space nonsense and fantasy nonsense i don't like tall girl and to try and bring in background talking yeah. about tall girl again is there anything else you want to say or should we get on to, to ranking it no let's rank it i don't recommend it it's a good concept starts well but is poorly executed because it's just a bunch of tropes and forced nonsense yeah it's it's uh it's but we pray for all of the actors that they'll go on to better things and they will they're all gonna do well they're talented folk yeah um so yeah so how many times a day did people say what's the weather like up there (laughs) to me uh let's see six times out of a possible 20 yeah i'll go with six as well six out of 20 it's this isn't good but you know it's not offensive which is something that's all, yeah. we can, that's all we can hope for in today's age there's nothing in it that's massively offensive so no, there you go it's fine it's got its moments as a tall man i wasn't good. offended i don't feel yeah. it was prejudiced against me okay that's good that's good um so what's what have we got next then well this was our last regular programming film of the year wasn't it because as of next week or when next week's show comes out it's christmas that sounds like um, a sort of Rammstein version of the Antiques Roadshow theme tune for a second. <laughs> we'll buy some antiques. <laughs> now, that, now you just sound like Arnie. <laughs> anyway, it's Christmas, or by which I mean it's December, by which I mean it's Christmas. So Christmas films for the rest of the year from here in. There are five Fridays in December, which is great. So we can get five Christmas films in, which I'm very excited about. And the first one is The Princess Switch 3. Does it have a subtitle? I don't know. Is is that out already then? Oh, is it? That's a good point. If it's not, we're (laughs) going to have to move it around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, I just thought I'd ask. Uh, it looks like it looks Surely like. Surely they put all the Christmas ones out. I'm just opening up. Oh no, it's it's playing sound. Don't play sound if I haven't told you to play sound. <laughs> Netflix, you dick. Yeah, it looks like it's out now. The Princess Switch Three, okay. romancing the star, romancing the star, like romancing the stone. Oh yeah, because it's see. a star. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, that's out. That's what we'll watch next. That's quite a grandiose title, considering that part two was just called Switched Again. 
romancing the star, they travel into space to the planet of Arrakis. <laughs> Is this actually just June, but with it's Vanessa just Hudgens? Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> clawing her way out of a bath of balsamic vinegar. <laughs> and of course, Stellan Skarsgård's in it. Because there's nothing he cannot do. He's going to play all of the princesses. He's, he should, he should. Remake but yeah, if I remember rightly, the, the second princess switch was last year. So they've managed to t- turn a third one around within a year, which is very impressive. Um, unless I've just completely lost track of time because of coronavirus. But if I remember rightly, the second one was actually quite a good laugh. So I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope you will join us next week as we begin our, our Christmas marathon, which I'm very excited. Don't watch Tall Girl. Watch The Wheel of Time if you haven't seen that. And nerds are cool. Be a nerd. <laughs> That's the official message of this podcast. Be a nerd. Be- Read all 60 books of the Horus Heresy. Yeah. That's your homework for next week, everyone. Be a nerd. Your country needs nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us at Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. There's a link in our show notes where you can give us money, like a tip jar. And we'll be back next week to talk about The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star. I got it right that time. Well done. All righty. Bye bye. Bye.